what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and it is a Tuesday night, late night Tuesday, and I have on the line my co-host, T Up. T Up, are you there? Yo, I'm here. What's up? What's up, man? So I can't believe it, man. Uh, we are literally just three games away from the end of the regular season. So we are on the final quarter of the season and week 14 has passed us tee up did you get the chance to take a look at all the games in the mc west they were pretty good man yeah solid solid play the game on uh this past weekend it was probably one of the nfc west teams played the best game of the season so far in the nfl arguably and uh the rest of the team you know the rest of the nfc west is just kind of charming yeah, man, it's pretty tough to turvy right now. So just to recap week 14, arguably, to your point, T-Up, this is no bias. I'm sure that any other NFL fan could debate and kind of agree with this. But I think that that Niners-Saints game, Niners 48, Saints 46, that is arguably the best game of the season, man. And this was a game in which you had two innovative play callers in Kyle Shanahan, Sean Payton, go head-to-head and really aggressively play call a fucking game, man. Because the Niners were the second defensive team in DVOA and the Saints were seventh. So both defenses were good, but it didn't matter. It was 48-46. to That was a solid game. Um... Afternoon game tee up. Um, there was the Steelers Cardinals, and the Steelers beat the Cardinals twenty three to seventeen. In which um, you know it was a close game. You know it was a close game throughout. But Kyler Murray, I mean, he had two key interceptions in, in this in the game, and then he threw a third one late late game. Um, but I don't know. By that point, it was a little bit difficult for them to come out with the win. Steelers went 23-17 to in which the defense, in my opinion, it was the defense that really failed them on that one. And they have lost six straight for that matter. Last but not least, you have the Seahawks and the Rams for Sunday Night Football. And lo and behold, the Seahawks, they laid a big fat egg at the Coliseum in which this is probably the last time that Pete Carroll, head coach of the Seahawks, will coach a game at LA Coliseum with his days at USC but the Rams rolled 28 to 12 and because of that tee up here's where we're at you have the Niners at 11 and 2 they've retaken first place in the NFC West and right now with wins over the Saints the Packers they have the number one seat in the NFC conference um, conversely, you have the Seahawks back at second place with a 10-3 record coming off that loss to the Rams. The Rams right now, technically, they're in the playoff hunt for the wild card in the NFC. They're 8-5, and five, finally beating the Seahawks at home. Last but not least, Cardinals fourth place, 3-9-1. They've dropped six games in a row, and that's... Um, you know, I, I've mentioned that progress is, is part of the rebuild, but six straight is it's pretty tough, man. So 
tee up. I mean, overall, what's your thoughts about this week? Or did you want me to go week week by week, game by game, um, for week fourteen? Yeah, let's just kind of dive into the games, and then we'll, we can discuss from there. Okay. Well, let's go with your your favorite game of the week. It was that Niners Saints game, forty eight to forty six, and it's it's one of those games too where, you know, whoever team has the ball less, they're probably gonna win, and you know the Saints they they scored, you know they had had it for two minutes, they scored really quick, and the Niners had about fifty four seconds. When they got the ball, but they drove the ball, you know, at 40, 50 something yards to get in field goal range, uh, thanks to George Kittle. Tightly contested, tightly decided. It was an exciting game. I mean, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, oh man. I mean, where do we begin? This game was just a good old NFL shootout. Uh, well coached. Um, both of the quarterbacks were just on fire, just gunslinging the ball to their receivers. Um, both sides, the defenses made the mistake, and the quarterback made the defense pay for it. But I think, man, overall, it's kind of like the, the Baltimore game, where even though the stats show that we won, no, I'm sorry. Hey. Even ni- though the stats show the Niners won. Niners, yep. You're right. Uh... It just feels like, you know, the Saints are definitely poised to, to make a long run into the playoffs. And I wouldn't be surprised in the NFC for the to watch the Saints come marching in for the NFC Championship. Yeah, and that's kind of my takeaway, too. I don't think that the Niners or the Saints really dispelled anything uh, within the NFC Conference. If anything, it really solidified both teams being the premier teams in the NFC I mean, you know, it stands out. You have the Ravens in the AFC, you have the Patriots, and then you have, man, you have the Niners and you have the Saints in the NFC. Those are the four teams that kind of really emerge right now at this point. And, I mean, geez, I I can't wait for things to come in January. We might see them play again in the NFC Championship. A bit, you know, the Seahawks and um, a couple other teams in the NFC, but this could be a preview of things to come. Yeah, for sure. It might be different come January. The state might, I mean, the championship might run through Levi's. Yeah. Only the last three week last week will definitely of how that will play out. But the, the Niners, I mean, they played a fantastic game. Raheem Mostert just just killing it. Killing it. Just he like, had uh, wow, like, just, just 10 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, flight work. That's just another day in the office for him. Um, but Jimmy, I think uh, the big story from this should be Jimmy. He had skeptics, media, fans, haters, whatever it is. There's always that cloud looming over Jimmy's head. And I think after this game, he, he, shut, he should have shut all the critics up. I don't know what else he can show other than getting a playoff win under his belt. Am I not right? Keep in mind, guys, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, on the road in hostile territory at New Orleans. He finished the game going 26 for 35. That's nearly 70% passing completion, if not more. Um, 349 yards passing, four touchdowns, one interception. He was sacked three times, but his overall rating was 131.7. I mean, 
Yeah, what your Stephen A. Smiths, your um, you know, your Adam Ranks of the world have you know always given Jimmy G a really real hard time, but I mean this is pretty much as good of a win as any. If anything, this is probably his best game of his career. I I think, especially given the the circumstances being on, on the road, right? Oh, it has to be, and for the Superdome to be known as one of the hardest places to play during the during the regular season and yeah. just NFL in general. Yeah, I mean, freaking very impressive. It's not like they were playing from ahead; they were actually playing from behind. So they they had to put up points in order to stay in the game. This was an interesting game for Kyle Shanahan because. You know, to your point about that, they were down twenty to seven in the first quarter, and so the defense—I'll just say—the defense failed them. Um, and so Kyle Shanahan, he really had to go in the back pages of his playbook to to really orchestrate some instant offense. And uh, you can make a case that maybe he might have exposed himself too much with some of these play calls down the road because he he showed them. But I mean, you had a double pass from Emmanuel Sanders. Pass of Raheem Mostert. You had a fullback option to uh, from Yushek to Mostert for an 18-yard gain. Uh, you had a 75-yard bomb from Garoppolo to Sanders. I mean, there was a lot of explosive plays that uh, I haven't seen in a long while, you know? He definitely opened up the playbook, and that was nice, especially on a team. I guess one thing that I'm disappointed in is this just the, the level of type of this play of the team mm. and it wasn't nationally televised like you know I don't know it should have been a, a flex game in my opinion yeah um, but you know it is what it is the Sunday night game was just well I mean we'll talk about the Sunday night game but you know it's definitely a, a it's a game for the books it is a game for the books and that's just the thing though with the Niners and the Saints like Every time they play, we always reference something pretty epic and controversial. Uh, last time they played in the playoffs with Jimmy Graham, Alex Smith, um, you know, uh, it was a much different era back then, and that was at Candlestick. That was a lit game, and now you have a lit game at the Superdome. Let me ask you this, though, in terms of controversy for this. Um, this one play in particular that's been talked about all week, even though... Technically, it's the rules, but you know what I'm referring to. So, the Saints, 4th and 16, I believe. They go in punt formation. They fake the punt. Hill throws to the receiver. Terrarius Moore, safety for the Niners. Holds, to, you know, pass interference, but he holds the receiver throughout the route. And, um, yeah. There's no no penalty called. Apparently, you know, you can do that on punt formations, and that's why they didn't do a call. A lot of Saints fans were pissed off about that. They thought it was could have been a PI call. He thought it could have been a hold before the before, you know, the, the passing interference per se. But you know, the rule books, Mike Pereira said that hey, during these instances, um, the gunner on the outside lane, you cannot get a PI call. Cannot, cannot get a whole call in that occasion. So, what's your interpretation of this? Yeah, I guess you know people are reacting because they haven't seen anything like this before. 
um, I kind of get the, the, the distress of bands, including myself, because I was unaware of the rule. Or the rule. But yeah. once explained, um, it, it makes total sense. And obviously, if I was on the other side of the ball, I would, you know, I would be upset too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. And it's just coincidence that it's both times, you know, it had to do with past interference and all the things that it's just, you know, just bad bad juju, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know what to really call it, but, you know, it is what it is. And it's now that the fans are aware of a rule like that, you know, moving forward, I think we'll always keep that in mind. Right. These are the type of games where, you know, certain certain plays or certain non-calls will be remembered moving forward. I think there's this. Um, yeah, I mean, you can make a case for, for, for a lot of marquee games that, that really changed the perspective of how you view a game. Uh, you know, the tuck rule, um, you know, what's deemed, a, you know, with, with Calvin Johnson, what's deemed, a, you know, a scoring touchdown, you got to make a football move. It's these type of plays in particular that you'll, you know, you as a fan will kind of remember moving forward, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. And when it happens again, they're going to refer to it as, you know, the so-and-so rule. They'll always remember it. Right, right. It sucks that it happens to the Saints right. again. I, I will admit that, you know, out of all the teams, of course it has to happen to the Saints. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah, it yeah. sucks, but... It is what it is, you know? It is what it is. They already already clinched the NFC South anyway, so, like, they need to just, yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the division win. We'll see you in the playoffs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fast forward. So that happened at the 10 o'clock set. The 1 o'clock set was the Steelers at the Cardinals. And this was a game that, you know, I, I personally predicted that the Cardinals would come up top because they've lost five straight they're at home. They're playing a Steelers team with an undrafted rookie, third stringer, and um, Gerard Hodges, a.k.a. Duck Hodges, in which you have your third string quarterback. Juju Smith is out. James Conner is out. Uh, I thought this was a doable game, but you know the Saints, not the Saints, the Steelers defense was really good. Joe Hayden had three, uh, two interceptions. T.J. Watt had a pick. Uh, this front seven was stellar. They sacked Kyler Murray several times. I mean, I'm just looking at it right now. Uh, he was sacked five times. Um, you know, 194 passing yards. This was a frustrating game to watch because I felt that the Cardinals had a chance, but their defense was just, you know, they, they were right there with the Steelers. Um, I believe it was... 20 to 17 in the fourth quarter, but then the Steelers, and you're talking about a Steelers offense that you know is onto their last limbs right now in terms of depth. But they have like an 11 play. Uh, let me let me check the drive. Oh man, they have they have a very they have an 11 play five minute drive that takes most of the clock, and so they go up 23 to 17. And they give the Cardinals, you know, less than two minutes with no timeouts left. And it puts the, the offense at a, a really tough position. But overall, I mean, another loss for the Cardinals, man. Tia, what, what are your thoughts about this game? Yeah, definitely tough loss. I mean, considering Arizona, they have like that three to four week 
stretch where they look like a pretty frisky team, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. You know they'll play well on defense. Kyler Murray, he, he scores these, you know, crazy touchdowns. The off-angle arm throws, all that. But it just seems like they kind of simmered, they simmered off, you know? Like the, the water evaporated from the pot that was boiling, and it's no longer boiling anymore. That was that was but, a good tee up. I, I like that analogy. <laughs> yeah, it's just so hey, I I try. I'm hey, here all day. Hey. All right. Ding ding ding. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, I don't know. As Arizona fan, it's tough because it's like you had your hopes high, and then you know they look good for those three to four weeks. Like they almost squeezed out some wins from pretty tough opponents, but then now they're just kind of back to kind of got. Slice of the humble pie. And this is a good learning lesson. It's good learning lesson for Kyler Murray too, man. For sure. I mean, he's yeah in Oklahoma. I mean, he he always won, and now shoot, they've lost six straight. You know. Yeah, but I think this is good. This 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 will build character in that on that team, um, and I think it, it should it should if anything, losses bring teams closer if they all realize they're there for the same goal you know if they're not there for a personal agenda if they're there to win a game and they have that that strong locker room and they they're bought into the coach and their philosophy i think that moving forward that locker room will just get stronger and we'll, we'll learn from this i don't know if it's going to be next season or the season after or the season after that but at least you know it you you have to build from the bottom up right you can't you don't go the opposite Absolutely, and I think just moving forward to you know going into this game, Kyler Murray only only had six interceptions for the season. He has three in this game alone. Uh, his second interception was, um, I believe, it was what fourth and two. Where it was it was pretty damn close to that. And he was rolling out. He had a chance to to run for it to get the easy first down because he's well, he's fucking Kyler Murray. He could have ran for the for the first down, but instead he tries to force it in. Um, to his receiver for a long gain, and it gets picked off by T.J. Watts. It's just little things like that where, you know, I, I know you want to force and will yourself in for the win, but, you know, this is the NFL. Defenses are a lot faster. You can't get away with this sort of stuff. Uh, another thing, even for the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, there was an opportunity for them where it was fourth down in the first half, they should have kicked the field goal. It was a relatively competitive game, but they decided to go for it in fourth down, and they didn't get it. You know, it's just it's just stuff like that where I feel that both the coaching staff and you know obviously the offense as the team as a whole they're starting to, to grow together. But you're going to have your uh, your share of hiccups to, uh, as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't think about yeah, of course you you play the game to win it, right? You don't not for anything else. You play it one game at a time. You go into a game zero and zero, no matter what week it is. Right. But, you know, to think of it from a realist standpoint, if you're, you know you're not going to, you're not in contention for the playoffs. You know you're not there for the seeding. You're just there to, you know, kind of see where you're, think of it as kind of like an extended preseason per se, but it's just like the regular season, if that makes sense. Like it's kind of like a, then adjust your rehearsal, see what your players have, See what you're you're looking for next season because first season's about to be over in, the, in about a month or so, less than a month. I so, 
Why not? Yeah. Get some players in there, see what they're made of. So you could you could you could draw you could draw up a report card for them, and then once the off season comes around, evaluate those report cards. And I'm gonna just say it, man. You know, on behalf of of the Cardinals and and their fans, I'm sure that these players are kind of. I mean, just check this out. They've lost six straights. Um, I think four of them have been really tight games uh, where they could have won it. This game being one, the Niners game, um, you know, they, they've had their opportunities. You know, obviously they, they had a couple of hiccups as well, you know, when they played the Rams and, and whatnot. But they were very competitive in most of these games, and they lost. And, you know, mentally for, for a team like this, it gets... It can get mentally frustrating, and I can understand why Kyler Murray was forcing things because he really wanted this win, especially at home. But I would safely assume that these Cardinals are waiting to fast forward and end the season and move forward to the offseason because it's it's grueling, man, to to lose like that. Uh, And it doesn't get any easier. They're playing the Browns next week, but after that they play – they play the Rams and they play the Seahawks, I believe, in the next couple weeks after that. So they don't have that much wiggle to win another game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never know. Cleveland could be that team. It could be. They, it could be. they get their mojo back. Yeah, that's right. So let's go ahead and fast forward to the Sunday night football game. Yeah, the Seahawks, who were first place atop the division with that 10-2 and record. On the road against the Rams. And what made this interesting from a, a line perspective was I think the Seahawks opened at like two and a half, three point favorites. And then slowly, right before kick of time, you know, it came to a pick 'em. Actually, the Rams became favored by by one. So that's like a four point swing, honestly, right before kickoff. And I don't know if Vegas or the crowd saw something, but. Uh, the Seahawks were a no-show, man. I mean, Russell Wilson, he had... This is the first time in, like, a very long time Russell Wilson had zero touchdowns. He had zero. He had 245 yards passing, zero touchdowns, one interception. He was sacked five times. It was a game in which I don't know what the hell was going on with the receivers, but, you know, he had several drops on third down. Uh, they went for it on fourth down. They, they tried to pass it to Malik Turner. That didn't work out. He dropped it. Um, DK Metcalf was the leading receiver with six yards and 70 receiving yards, but I just didn't see that much from the passing game. Uh, Rashad Penny, he left the game early on off a screen pass. and Tough tough for the kid, but it looks like he's going to be out for an extended period of time. It was one of those type of injuries. And Chris Carson, while he was running the ball well, 15 carries for 76 yards, uh, they chose to go away from him quite a bit. Um, like I mentioned before, that fourth down conversion, they rolled out. They didn't pa- they didn't run the ball, and they tried to squeeze one into Malik Turner. It didn't work out. Um, just It was just a tough outing for the Seahawks. But conversely, if you look at the Rams and, and this offense, especially at home, Jared Goff, 293 yards passing. Two touchdowns. I bet he had two interceptions in the second half. But, I mean, uh, offense looked way better. You know, I didn't see too much of a pass rush from the Seahawks. And Todd Gurley, he had 23 carries. Uh, Overall, he had 27 touches overall, four catches. 23 carries for 79 yards and a touchdown, which included a really nasty stiff arm. 
um, to Trey Flowers, the cornerback from Seattle. But to you up, I mean, you're you're in LA. I mean, what are people saying now? Uh, to be honest with you, Rams fans are really quiet now. <laughs> even, even, even if it's one for real? more lost into the Lakers than, than the Rams. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really, I truly feel that way. Man. And I, yeah, it's pretty sad. I think, I feel like the, the Rams fans have kind of taken the back seat and they're just focus on on Lakers <laughs> that's how that's a true feeling fucked up man they finally beat the Seahawks and this is the, like the last game at the Coliseum before their new stadium next year uh, I, I'm a little concerned about that stadium next year to be honest like why, why? they might they, they might not first of all they might not make the playoffs this year okay yeah you know yeah there, there's definitely odds that there's, there's odds against the Rams making the playoffs which is not a good thing well um yeah. Uh, second of all, their co-tenants, their co-tenants, the Chargers, are sucking ass too. So that's going to be additional loss in revenue. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. It just seems like the fan base is. I think we discussed before, you know, in our group chat, like how football fan bases span generations. Yeah. And I think with this, these LA Rams, this. It skipped an entire generation when they were in St. Louis. And for them to develop this fan base that is pretty much the the young bucks that never had a team before or they had a team and they're converting now, it's 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 gonna take a, it's gonna take some time. And especially when the new stadium comes up, it's gonna be even more expensive to get tickets there. Um, I mean this isn't this is not a bad team. They're still eight and five right in contention for a wild card. I guess it's just they're in they're playing in a city that's dominated by a different professional sport. Okay. And when the product is not equal or better to the other opposing sport. Yeah. And especially when the fan base is not as uh, solid as the other sport, there's going to be kind of like a a bias to one sport. If 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 that makes sense. I guess I mean but, you're, you're right in LA. I I, I get it. I mean, here, here's the thing, Tia. What happened last se- season? They only went to the Super Bowl. It's, it's not that long ago where they were just killing all, killing all defenses, that, right? And I think everyone kind of forgot about that, that they were actually that close of winning a Super Bowl. But now that the basketball season has started, yeah. I don't know. This is all hypothetical. But ever since the basketball started, um, their attention and focus has switched back over to the original the first two months you know and that makes <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's really how it is but anyways to get to your point um it was a good showing by the Rams it's it, uh, Aaron Donald yeah pressure on Russell Wilson was just a lovely sight to see. I, I enjoyed I it. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. I think Aaron Donald, he had one and a half sacks and one and a half tackles for loss and a pass deflection. I, Four quarterback hits. Pretty good day, man. I think there was this, there's this time where Jared Goff, he threw an interception and then it got called back. And then the very next play, he threw another interception. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Um, it was like back-to-back interceptions, and it was like, dude, this guy is... Quandry Diggs, Quandry Diggs had, had both picks, by the way, and, you know, 
There weren't that many highlights for the Seahawks, but ever since they acquired him from the Lions, he's been he's been A1 stuff right now. Yeah, he had two picks this game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's the game, you know, overall, the Rams needed this win at home. And, you know, the Rams and Seahawks, that's always a difficult matchup for for the Seahawks. They, and no matter what, it just seems like it's a, you know, it's a competitive match between them two. That's why it felt... I mean, you... I felt some intrigue when it switched to pick him. I was like, oh, okay, you know, right? Like, yeah. fans recognize this too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really sucks, though, Rashad Penny, uh, his ACL. That's a rough one. Yeah, he was, um, he was just he, starting he to play good football, football too, five, you know? Yeah. yeah. Step on the field. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, know. That's going to hurt him because um, it just takes one less running back out of the rotation. Yeah, that's but, easier you know, process. Russell Wilson, he's gonna, yeah, Russell Wilson. You know, he'll find ways. That's true. I'd say you know, putting it back on the Seahawks, I would be. You know, here's here's the thing about the Seahawks. All all season, they've been able to grind out wins, and they they've been in. They always find a way to be in the mix and come back for the win, but. Uh, it's very rare that you see the Seahawks down by more than two scores and trying to make a comeback. Um, you know, just just being you know the premise of the Seahawks offense. You know, they, they like to run the ball, they like to control the clock. Um, and for whatever reason today, like their receivers, like Wilson and his receivers, were not on the same page. So it made it that much harder to generate points and and really you know get back on this game. This was you can consider this an anomaly because they're usually. You know, you know, they're usually not this far behind. Uh, I think they were down fourteen to three uh, at, at one point. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things. Maybe it's a blip because I mean they're, they're still with a ten and two record. But you know, it, it might be a good, I won't say learning lesson, but you know, so late in the season that it's going to wake up call for them to get their shit together and finish off strong with the last three games of the season. Definitely, and then you know, with that said. Week 17, it's going to be a huge matchup. Yep, they're playing the Niners at Seattle. It's going to matter. As long as the Seahawks keep winning, it's going to matter. They can't drop another game. Uh, Same thing goes for the Niners. They have to keep winning. Both of them are right at it, neck and neck for the NFC West. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I mean, yeah, that win definitely helped the Niners because it gave them that one-game cushion. Mm Mm-hmm. There are there are scenarios that are drawn up where the Niners could clinch before Week 17. Um, I'm sure the listeners they could they could look on the on Twitter for that or wherever they get their news. But there are scenarios where the Niners could clinch, and Week 17 is does not matter for them, and they could rest their starters. Right. So hopefully, hopefully that happens, but I'm not counting on it. Got to play one game at a time. Let me put it back to the Rams. Final question. So now the Rams are eating five. They're starting to get their swagger back. You know, they, uh, they they put up 28. They beat the Seahawks the previous week. Uh, they killed the Cardinals. Um, they murdered them, actually. Uh, so are the Rams coming back? Are they, you know, do you think that they have a chance at the wild card? Are they finally, is Sean McVay finally turn the page on, the, on this offense 
the the, the pass protection has been a lot better too the last couple of weeks. I mean, Minnesota really has to shit the bed in order for them, in order for the Rams to make the playoffs. Right. Which I I, I don't put it past Kirk Cousins to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is possible in that aspect to clinch the five seed. I think it's too outside because you know it's going to be either Seattle or, or San Francisco that's going to get that fifth seed. Right. It's only one spot left so, after that. There's only one spot left, and it's held right now by Minnesota. Mm. So. I think for the Rams, all eyes on Minnesota to hopefully they they shit the bed and and somehow the Rams sneak in. But wouldn't that be crazy? Three NFC West teams make the playoffs. It's happened before. Well, actually, I don't know when the last time. It's possible. It's possible. Anything can happen in the NFC West. No, I, I don't know. Seriously. Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty crazy though. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, that's the game from Week 14. Let's go with the lines real quick and, and call it a day. I know it's uh, it's real late on your Tuesday night tee up, and I appreciate your time. So moving to week 15, the morning game, you have Seattle going on the road to play the Panthers. And this is a Panthers team that just fired their head coach. Um, Kyle Allen, he doesn't look like he's he's, he's gotten worse, actually, since uh, – I, I don't know if it's – tell me if I'm wrong, but ever since he got fucked over by the, the Niners, Kyle Allen's like – Gun downhill. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Seahawks are heavily favored against the Panthers, but just guess the line for this one. Oh, man. What, are they playing in Carolina? Yeah. <coughs> Morning game at Carolina, but Seattle is, uh, I'll just give you a hint. Yeah, they're, they're favored. They're favored by a good amount. Uh, what say you for oh, this? Ooh. Not like a good amount, but, you know, like a especially for on the road, 10 a.m. I'm going to put it right at the Vegas line. I'm going to go Seahawks minus four. Okay. They are favored by six. On the road, morning East Coast game, they're favored by six points over under 40 and a half, which is, you know, it's it's interesting, you know? You know, with with Ron Bear fired, Hmm. we'll see. I mean, here's the thing, too. The Seahawks... Especially coming off this loss to the Rams, they need to win outright. They need to keep going at it. So, um, mm-hmm. they should be motivated. I'll tell you that. Okay, and then the next game, which is the one o'clock set, the Cardinals have dropped six straight. They have a home game. They have another home game, and they're hosting the Cleveland Browns. Let me ask you this. I mean, the Browns, they've been up and down, but they've, they've been trending the right way. So what do you think the spread is for this one? Uh, I'm going to go Cleveland minus three. That's pretty damn good. It's Cleveland minus two and a half. Pretty much, I think okay. it'll it round up to three. I'll give you that. It's pretty much, the, the that's the spread, you know? Um, yeah, that's, all things, uh, that's really close. Yeah, meaning that both teams are up and down, but the Browns have the edge, and so it swung in their favor. It's... It's fair enough, you know? Yeah. But kind of a highlight to this game is Baker Mayfield versus Kyler Murray. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and then we have, okay, um, a 125 game. So the Falcons, they they go on the road, 
And the Niners, after this three-game shit show between the Packers, the Ravens, and the Saints, they finally come home and they play the Falcons. Niners need to keep winning, too. If they're going to keep that number one spot in the NFC. So the Niners playing the Falcons. Let's see for this. This might be a trap game, actually. But, you know, uh, I'm just saying that aloud. What do you think the spread is for this one? I think... I think Vegas is high, but I think the Falcons are going to cover. I'm going to go. You know, I don't know. Okay, sorry. Hey, I'm not, I'm off record saying that. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you think the spread is? I'm going to say Niners minus ten. Dude, you're you're pretty good. Tee up. It's eleven. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. you're really good, man. You're you're on point for this week. Niners minus eleven over under forty seven. So. You know, obviously, the Niners are the Niners are a much better team. But are they eleven points better per se against a Falcons team that just killed the Panthers? I I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking aloud. And we had a few key injuries that last game, so maybe you know Julio Jones has a big game. Yeah, certainly possible. Hmm. How about they, that? They do have some. They, they do have some for the wide receivers. They do. Second they, they do. And Matt Ryan, he's not a clown too, That's why I feel like the game's a little trappy. I uh, I hope that the Niners don't look past this game because they, they played the the Rams on Saturday Night Football the, the week after. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the last game is uh, in the NFC is a 125 set. You have the Rams at Dallas. And so they played two really strong games where they killed the Cardinals, they killed the Seahawks, and now they go on the road to Dallas. And Dallas needs to win, too. They're playing in the in the NFC East, and they're right there with the Eagles right now who are coming off a win over the Giants. And so at Dallas, what say you for this line? It, that's a pretty t- tight one, too. Oh. Oh, man. Dallas minus two? Yeah. Is it? Um, Dallas minus two. Even closer, it's a pick'em, man. It's a pick'em over under forty-nine. Yeah, no, no kidding, right? <laughs> that's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be a fun one. Two. Um, Is that time? It's a one twenty-five game, man. It's two okay. inconsistent up and down teams. Uh, talent's not an issue mm-hmm. for both these teams. It's just that their their records are. Well, I mean, thankfully the Cowboys are in the NFC East, but they're right in contention to take the division. They should take it, but uh, they're like right there at like that number, you know, four or five seed, you know, in the NFC right now, and that's, mm-hmm. just, that's just what okay. it is. Yeah, yeah. So should be interesting come week fifteen. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, no For other sure. no other primetime games this time around uh, in the NFC West, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Tia, any other final thoughts as we uh, conclude this podcast? Uh, no, man. Let's, uh, let's get ready for the playoffs. I'm excited. Yes, sir. All right. Well, hey, to all our loyal listeners, continue to follow the pod, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify, Twitter at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Until next time, tee up. We out here. Peace. Peace.